0: opportunity plus preparation equals luck right and and that's just another way of saying that we make our own luck
1: this is social media simplified a podcast that takes the guesswork out of using social media to build your audience and increase your exposure on the web Join us as a Social Media Scholar for exclusive tips, tactics, and strategies to create content, market your brand, and much more. Let's do this. Hey, all your Social Media Scholars. Welcome to Social Media Simplified. I'm Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo.
0: And I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur.
1: And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best way to land a job interview. And surprise... It's not through applying online. Solante, job interviews. What would you say some good things to start out with? Maybe some tips before you even go into the interview.
0: Yeah, I can I can speak from experience. Um, last year, actually, I was really focused on on transitioning my career and changing jobs, and um, but I, I wasn't necessarily, you know. I was I was looking I was I was curious right and I just kind of wanted to see how to go about landing interviews or if I could get any um, so I was kind of like browsing through online applications and you know different positions and um, and subsequently I would apply to these positions right and I probably applied to over a hundred and twenty different jobs and I got zero responses. Not not a single one from any of those applications, aside from the automated one that says, "Hey, thanks for applying," you know, <laughs> and um and so I, I know that that's that's something that's really hard, uh, the, the, especially when I I read articles all the time and, you know, there is always like, oh wow, employment rates are up in in the nation by seventeen percent and you know hiring is on a frenzy and everyone is like you know going crazy with all these onboarding stuff, but but that may be true however landing the interview is is very difficult I, at least i've come to find out and i'm sure other people have as well as a fact as a matter of fact that's actually why i started um my current project which is a professional coaching business which is helping people land jobs and positioning themselves for success so um so yeah uh, have you have you ever applied for a job or are you have you thought about it and, and what are some of the things that maybe you know you were challenged with or even just even if you haven't done it like what are the things you would think about before you you would you what are some of the things that you would think are necessary in order Mm. to get an interview yeah good
1: question I mean like you were saying today it's tough right I mean you especially online you filled out what 120 applications yeah and gotten zero responses from that I mean a single one when you're submitting these applications to some sort of server I mean, they got to sift through it all. There's so many applications that are being received these days because online makes it so easy to fill it out. For myself, I mean, I've been self-employed for about six years now in various projects and businesses I've created. Luckily, to this point, you know, I haven't had to get a full-time job with, you know, any big company. I mean, I've had small-time, like small, like part-time jobs here and there to, to make ends meet, but haven't got to that point yet. I mean, I'm still in the process of really building my agency and I'm gaining traction for sure. But, you know, it's still in my mind, right? I still think about it from time to time. It's something that I have to fall back on in case it doesn't work out. And I couldn't, if I'm honest, I wouldn't say I'm actually looking forward to that. I would love for my project to work out, but, you know, you got to, you got to figure out, I think the best way really, and this applies to a lot of things in life, is a way to differentiate yourself from the rest of the crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, the masses are applying. Uh, the companies are saturated with applications. Yep. It's like, how can you stand out? Are you going to stand out by submitting it online? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think not. I mean, there's going to be a lot of other things you need to do to really stand out from the crowd.
0: Yeah, so the thing with online, and that's a great point, I mean, companies are saturated with applications now. Um, and the way it works online is there's, there are systems called ATSs. It's an applicant tracking system. And so those 100 resumes that I sent out, all of them got put into a server in the company, and which is different than going to a career fair where you get put into a pile, right? At least, you know, you're physically in the pile. With the server, it's not a person who can make a judgment call on your resume. It's literally a system that scans your resume for keywords um, and then... From there, it ranks your resume based on the number of keywords that are in there, and then the ones that float to the top are the ones that may end up on somebody's desk, and then they sift them through uh, sift through them, and then you may get a call, right? So there's, there's an, with technology these days, there's another barrier of entry, which is this applicant tracking system. And a lot of times, that's where a lot of our resumes get hung up. Mm. So applying online is, is efficient from a company perspective, but it's inefficient from uh, an individual job candidates perspective because you got to beat a machine before you can get to a person Mm -hmm. now when you're when you're especially when you're applying and you're trying to transition careers let's say you're going from a a medical career field to uh, let's say a financial career field your resume is gonna be filled with medical stuff right because you're gonna beef it up and say I've done all these things in the medical industry and although they may align with the financial job that you're looking for if that machine doesn't pick up numbers and finance terms and lingo you're not gonna get it you're, you're gonna be the bottom of that pile mm-hmm. so I would say I'll just get to it that one of the um, most important things to do when you're um, when you're applying for a job is to is to leverage your network talk to a person find people um, an example of this is actually when I was applying to uh, my first job right of college I wanted to be a consultant now for students it's different if you're a student and you're looking for entry-level jobs a lot of the times um, you, you can really just land those but for those people who go to career fairs while they're in school versus those who try to apply the career fair people are the ones who are gonna get those jobs right now my experience when I got a, my first job I literally would go to uh, career fairs I started trying to apply for internships that's what it was internships at the very beginning of my um, uh, my freshman year very end of my freshman year And the first year, I went to all these uh, tables. And in in that case, you're getting ranked against GPA. So obviously, all the smart kids get internships first. And I I wasn't a smart kid. My GPA was pretty average. And so um, I would go to all these companies. And the first thing they would say is, ah, well, your GPA is a little bit low. And so they would say, well, what you need to do is then go get more experience. Otherwise, you know, join student organizations, beef it up a little bit to supplement that GPA. And that's advice that comes from a person. So I used to go to uh, one specific lady in particular at the career fair for, for, for the company actually that I currently work for now. And I would take her my resume and tell her to review it and tell me what you think. And the reason why I took it to her and I told her this, the reason why I'm bringing it to you is because I don't want a job with your company, straight up, I want to work for a consulting company. But I need you to tell me what to write on my resume. So um, I went there my the, year, my the end of the freshman year um, went to her she told told me to do all these things join this organization do these and add this to your resume and then maybe you'll be considered so i went to deloitte which was the company i wanted to work for gave them my resume the first year they said no second year um career fair came around that same lady was at the table and i, I went up to her again and i said hey um well, i did those things that you told me to do here's my resume i'm going to take it to deloitte again um, can you can you tell me what else I need to do on here? What else needs to be improved? And she gave me a whole bunch of advice. Um, I started doing those things, but I still took my resume to Deloitte. And again, they said, no, we're still not gonna take you. My junior year, again, same lady who was at the career fair. I took my resume right up to her again and said, hey, look, I did all those things that you told me to do again, they're right here. What else do I need to do before I go and take this to Deloitte again? You know, it's my junior year. I need to get an internship before I graduate, right? And then she she took my resume and she said, yeah, you've done literally everything that I've been telling you to do for the past two years. Apply to this company. <laughs> I was like, but I want to work for Deloitte. And she was like, look, just apply to this company. You've literally done everything. You're a, a qualified candidate for the job. So she sat me down right there at the career fair and I applied and I got the job.
1: Hmm. So It sounds like she... She was giving you lots of advice which was great feedback but a lot of the feedback was probably tailored to what her company was looking for
0: absolutely and it
1: makes sense and so you go to deloitte maybe they're looking for something different uh-huh you come back to her and she's just like well you did everything we wanted you to do
0: you have now you have a job yeah and she's been looking at it and she's seen my progress and she can vouch for me right that's the benefit of talking to a person versus going into an, an ats application machine system right I might not have stood out on paper if I was submitting applications because they're going to look at my GPA and it was low. But when you're talking to a person, especially when you spend some time with a person, they can look at your, your personality, right? Your characteristics, those behavioral traits. They can see if you take advice well, if you're malleable, right? Can they mold you into something, right? Are you a good candidate? Do you listen? You know, that kind of stuff. And those are things that a machine can't pick up. So the first thing I would recommend when you're looking for a job, is absolutely leverage your network. Now I did it um, sort of, you know, I, I, passively. I, I didn't have any intentions of working with a company. It just so happens that you know I listened to her, and she knew what she was doing, but I didn't, and I ended up landing the job. And um, after I got the internship, I, I worked for that company for eight years. Mm.
1: And so with your network, you you say leverage it you know, today everyone's online, right? And what if everyone's network is only online and they don't really meet these people in person? How would you leverage that type of network that is online, but in person, what would you do?
0: So the the beauty of, um, of online is that in in my case, right? Like I guess LinkedIn existed when I was in school, but not to the a, a degree that, you know, it's, it is now and it's not, wasn't as active and stuff, but the benefit of, of being social or being on social media and applications of platforms like linkedin is that you can actually get in contact with real people um, all over the world at the specific company that you're working for or you want to work with um, in the roles that you're working with in all these jobs and areas and you can actually filter through them you can look for somebody who is a financial analyst at deloitte with x amount years of experience and works in hr and is a recruiter you can filter through all that and literally talk to that person. The same person that I was talking to for my first job, I could have found her if I was using um, you know, LinkedIn and actively looking for that person. And I think that that's, that's a, the, the, the best part about social media is that you can, or LinkedIn and specifically, is that you can literally find that the person who you need to talk to. You don't just have to talk to a consultant, you can talk to the consultant, the hiring manager, the recruiter and um, and and it's as simple as writing a message sending a connection following their content you can make yourself visible I had to go to career fairs and wait you know one year next year next Mm -hmm. year but if I find a recruiter who I'm interested in you know kind of onboarding with that's somebody who I can start following their content liking their content commenting on their content sending them messages Asking them if I can connect with them, asking them if they have anybody else who I should meet, right? Mm. So that that's, uh, I think are right now we're at a point where social media can really work to our advantage, our advantage when it comes to um, career progression and growth. And so it sounds just, like yeah. not
1: not only leveraging your network, but potentially leveraging their network as well by asking who can you connect me with that I also need to know.
0: Yeah. So when you think about a network, it's, it's 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 a con- one connection to another connection to another connection to another connection. Like I we talked about it in. Um, our previous episodes, which like a spider web, right? So, if you're connected to somebody, then by default, you're connected to their network. You may not have been introduced to their network, mm. but you're connected, That's that person is the middle piece. If you ask to to learn about their expanded network, can I meet some people that you know, right? You're only one step away from doing that, you just have to ask the question.
1: Mm. Yeah, so leveraging your network, definitely a really big tip there, I think that Everyone needs to do that, regardless. I mean, sometimes they think, "Oh, I can just go and you know apply without anyone knowing who I am or giving me some sort of status already of who I am." So, having
0: your network vouch for you is always really helpful. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's a big part of it because specifically if you're trans transitioning industries or if it's your first job, um, you don't really have anything any leverage, right? Um, so you need people to talk about your, your personality, your, your, your characteristics, your ambition, your motivation, your ability. Those are the things that are going to get you into a job. Everybody ha- is qualified. Everyone can add and subtract. And, you know, those are things that it's just have, how long have you been doing your, your addition and subtraction for. Mm. But if you can get somebody to say this person is energetic, this person is a team player, this person is has ideas, this person is a leader, this person is malleable, we can mold them into something, and it's a, coming from a person who is credible. Mm. Your chances of getting in front of the right people are a lot higher. It's
1: just like in digital marketing, social proof, right?
0: Social, that's exactly what
1: it is, it's social
0: proof, right?
1: Yeah, so we know leveraging your network, definitely uh, tip number
0: one. What
1: else would you recommend?
0: The second thing um, is uh, I was actually watching a really nice video by a, a lady named um, Betty Lou, and she had a really cool quote. It said, opportunity plus preparation equals luck. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's just another way of saying that we make our own luck. Right. But you, it's it's. It comes down to so an opportunity is is the opportunity that you're finding, right? That that role that you've sought out, that company or that person, that's the opportunity to engage, right? That's the, that's what you've identified. But the big piece that a lot of us miss is the preparation. If you're not prepared when that person calls you to talk about something, if you're not prepared to vouch for yourself, if you're not prepared to tell your story, if you're not prepared to articulate your experiences, the opportunity could be staring you right in the face, but you're not going to be able to optimize or maximize or capitalize on that opportunity if you're not prepared. Mm. So preparation uh, is, is the key when it comes down to, to landing an interview. Um, now, when, when, you're, when, you're, when people go into interviews, a lot of times they're told, uh, you know, best practices, like take a notepad, you know, research the person and, you know, all these different things. And, and that's, that's cool. And you should absolutely do that. But at the same time, you should also be doing that before you even have an interview scheduled, before you even have an opportunity. I had a friend who was interested. She just moved to San Francisco, and um, obviously from, I think, Michigan. And the, the cost of living, obviously, is significantly higher in San Francisco. And she wanted a job. And so she was applying for jobs online, um, and she was getting um, offers here and there through people and stuff. But the, the wage that she was being, you know, offered was was too low to to um to live in San Francisco. So what she did is she wrote um, a, a, a role out for herself. Literally, she wrote like, this is what I'm interested in doing. These are the types of teams that I'd like to work on. These are the kinds of things that I've done already in, in written form, not on a resume. But she kind of wrote out a job description describing the opportunity that she would like to, to, to capitalize on or, 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 you know, be offered. And, and this is the salary that I'm looking for, right? And, and this is my availability. This is my relocation, everything. And then what she did is she took that piece of paper and sent it out to all her friends and said, hey, guys, um, you guys all have jobs. You guys are all living in the San Francisco area. This is what I'm looking for. Do you know anybody or do you have a role in your companies or have you heard of anything like this? could you point me in the right direction? As soon as she sent that email out, she said she was really kind of nervous to do that at first, you know, a lot of self-conscious and, you know, is this even reasonable? It was just a good idea. But um, the minute she sent it out, she, her, her network responded very graciously. Absolutely. I know somebody who can do this. I know a company that can do this. I can, you know, do all these things. And, and they started passing on her, send me your resume now. And so now that person, Can use that job description and use those words that she used in in her called it autobiography type thing I don't know her her job role and explain to the the person who has the opportunity what this person is about what this person is looking for what this person uh, can do oh by the way here's their resume right Mm -hmm. so you you skip that ATS system you leverage your network by doing that but being prepared is key, and she was very prepared. She ended up landing a really good opportunity um, at Facebook, actually. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and so not like being prepared, obviously, is very important. But she did leverage her network to make that happen. It's a very, Absolutely. very unique approach. So, I mean, it's it so seems so simple when you say it, right? Yeah. It's like She just wrote down exactly what she wanted. Right. So I'm just going to reach out to my network and say, hey, is there anything like this available in my area? Yeah. And they were already in the area. They're in San Francisco. They all had jobs. So they would probably leverage their networks to see if they
0: can find something. Exactly. When you're sitting down, you're talking about jobs. Hey, I have a friend who's interested in something. She's interested in X, Y, Z. This is the piece of paper she gave me. Do you know anything? I don't know. Well, maybe I see if somebody else knows. Or, hey, maybe. Let me find out. And so you, you it's, it's a snowball effect. You, rather than you having to put in all the legwork, which you still have to do but now you might have six, seven, eight, nine people doing that for you as well, and then their network, and then their network, and you mm. kind of build on that, and so it's very important. But being prepared in that sense um, work to our advantage. Another piece of that is being prepared to um, articulate your story and, and your accomplishments. A lot of times, I, I'm not a big fan of resumes in general because they limit, they limit you on telling your story. You have to sell yourself on a single sheet of paper and, and how, how can you summarize your whole life in, in, in you know, three bullet points under one heading? It's just right. so restricting. And so um, what I do personally when I'm looking for opportunities is I definitely have my resume and it's sitting there because that's what, you know, it's it's there and I have to have it. It's part of the, the thing. But I also take the time to think about what are my weaknesses, right? What are my strengths? What am I good at? What don't I like? And I literally write little paragraphs about that. So um, for me, I I took a lot of time. What's your weakness is usually a a question that comes up in interviews. For me, um, I think about it not in terms of what am I bad at, but what are things that I could work on or what are things that I built on that that became better? Right, so for me, um, my, my biggest thing, and it was, it was actually pointed out to me by a mentor, mentors are key in, in, in job hunting, but um, it's, I, 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 my weakness would be tactical thinking, right? And tactical thinking doesn't sound like a weakness. It's not a weakness, it's a strength, but it's, it depends on how you apply it, right? So as an engineer, we're taught to be very tactical. We have to solve problems and get in the, you know, in the weeds of things and understand how to get from A to B really fast. Tactics, right? But the other piece of that, which I called, the, uh, that's what I called my weakness, but the other piece of being a tactical thinker is also being a strategic thinker, right? So not only what are you, are you gonna implement, how fast are you gonna do it, but what's the big picture? What does the roadmap look like? What are some milestones that would help me know that if I'm making progress or if I'm, if I'm not? What are my time restraints, right? The bigger picture. And so as an engineer, we're not necessarily taught that. And so when I'm asked what, what was what's my weakness, I've been doing engineering for 8 years. I'm very very tactical and less strategic. So I talk about the balance between those two. And if I took my weakness and uh and I put my and I put my strength together with that or or what could I do to improve myself? Well, here's what I'm weak at. Here's what I'd like to start achieving. Then then you can start to have a good conversation. So your weakness isn't positioned as a oh, I I I get too detail oriented or or um, I'm not good at time management or that's all that well, for lack of better words those are weak <laughs> Weak weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Take some time to think about those things in advance Write those down and and really before you begin applying for jobs You got to take some time to evaluate yourself, mm-hmm. right? Really think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean It's it's always good to have that type of reflection and look inward I mean obviously outside of job seeking as well and really know where your strengths are where your weaknesses lie If you want to improve those weaknesses, you can focus on that, you know, create like an action plan and try to work on whatever you're trying to improve, but also being able to come to the table in a job interview and being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I was talking with someone about that yesterday. Vulnerability is a very powerful thing in a lot of ways, but especially in job interview like that, when you know you have strengths, I mean, but you also know you have weaknesses as well and being able to be open and honest about that, you'll get a lot of respect for it because it takes a lot to be able to put it all out there and just be like this is what it is, it and this does. is who I am and you, you might judge me, you might uh, reject me because of it but I'm gonna be honest and open about where my weaknesses lie and where my strengths are.
0: Yeah, uh, another good question that I was asked recently was um, to, to, to talk about a time when I had a conflict, right? Uh, whether it's an internal conflict or an external conflict and I thought that that was a really good question because um, it, well, for one, it caught me off guard. For two, I've never thought about that. And then when I think conflict, I immediately thought, um, you know, something went wrong. How what, what went wrong? Or who did I argue with? Or who did I, you know, kind of fight? You know, or like, you know, something that's like negative conflict, right? But after I took a minute to think about it, one of the conflicts that I've had um, is, is, is a relationship that I've had with one of my mentors where... My mentor has been, you know, kind of guiding me and giving me good, you know, like life advice and things like that. But at the other end of that, there's also this business uh, piece that potentially could, you know, flourish into something, right? But I, but my conflict was, do I value the, the advice and the life coaching piece or would I want to risk that and turn this into a business where the relationship may change, right? So that's an internal conflict that I'm having with myself. And, and so that's something that, you can articulate when somebody asks you a question like that. It's you know again, it doesn't have to be negative. It's what's what's a tough decision, right? When you say the word conflict, it's up for interpretation. All that means is there's two sides of the of a coin, and and you're trying to find a balance, right? You're on, there's one you're on one side of the fence, and there's another side of the fence. How do you balance that out? So that that's a conflict. Right?
1: Yeah, conflict isn't always bad. Some people view it that way, yeah. and um, some people are actually are afraid of it and try to avoid it it's like well that's good because it actually can challenge you to see how you can face it in a really healthy way it's not always a bad thing and so it sounds like when it comes to this you know obviously leveraging your network is good being prepared having the opportunity is also good that can create that luck but not only that being vulnerable and being honest about your weaknesses and your strengths vulnerability within that there's a lot of courage there there's a lot of power that comes through because you're being open and honest about your shortcomings Mm -hmm. and a lot of people Mm -hmm. won't be that honest about what they're not good at because it's uh it's an ego thing yeah right the ego is a very powerful thing but it sounds like those two those are some two really good tips there do you have any other tips that you could recommend
0: yeah um, i just kind of want to drill down on on that a little bit more being being vulnerable um Mm -hmm. Being vulnerable is, is a great thing and being transparent because a lot of times we're talking about how do you differentiate yourself, right? You have a resume, sure, but everyone's resume is going to look the same. It doesn't really matter. Uh, at least they look to me. I've done recruiting and I'm just like, dude, I don't know who to pick. Like, that guy. Se- that guy seemed nice. I liked that guy. Right. That's how. Right?
1: That's how sales works too. Yeah. People don't buy from usually the the most qualified. They buy from someone like I. I they liked them.
0: Yeah. I mean, think I about like when you guy. think about when you buy when you're buying a car or a watch or a pair of shoes. You don't you don't go to the one that has like the best quality ever and you know the highest price items. You you look for a balance, right? Like what makes sense, right? Same thing when you're applying for a job, you're a commodity, right? The company essentially is gonna buy you for a price. That's the salary, right? Your compensation. And so they need to understand the product a little bit more. Do we want the best guy in the, in the bunch? Do we want the middle guy? Do we want the gray area guy? Or do we want the one who is, you know, fresh off the, fresh out of the oven and we're gonna build them up? And, and, and those are the things that they're looking for. So being vulnerable and, and, explain, and talking about yourself, is, is a very good um, way to sort of present your story and articulate your accomplishments. And that's another piece of that is when, when people ask you, what are your biggest accomplishments? For example, your resume will be things that you accomplished at work. Those are your biggest projects, your biggest you know sales, your biggest numbers. And those are all great bedazzling. That's icing on the cake. But when you wanna think about what your accomplishments are, think about it in terms of yourself, your growth, your path, right? Maybe you started off as um, a biomedical engineer and then you switched your major to, um, I don't know, music or or dance or whatever. And you made that big switch. Right. And and you're excited about that and you were happy with that decision. or Or maybe you dropped out of school. Right. And, you know, you can look at that as an accomplishment. And the reason why it's an accomplishment could be because. You were you had a conflict. You knew you were in a position that you didn't want to be in, and you decided to take on this risk. You decided to make this change. You decided to you know flip the script, and from that, you you ended up gaining more self confidence. You, you you're you're happier now. You maybe have better relationships. You have a clear conscience. That's an accomplishment, a personal accomplishment, and that's what people want to hear about in interviews, right? Mm. Anybody can make sales numbers. Anybody can do a good job. We, we know that you're an able-bodied, smart person. You know, you could do that. That's why you're here, right? But, but if you can articulate that extra piece of, of, of yourself, right, really become open and tell your story, that's the kind of stuff that's mm. going to make people look at you differently.
1: I like that. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when you talked about, we've talked about this many times before as far as comparisons go and it's like knowing your own accomplishments, knowing your own progress and I forget who had this quote but comparison to others is the thief of joy
0: comparison to others is the thief of joy, I like that
1: mm-hmm. I forget who said it, I, I want to say it was um, Theodore uh, Roosevelt but it's more of that, I mean when people compare to others it's a thief of joy but when you compare to yourself and your own progress and your own accomplishments that's where true success lies.
0: Mm, it's true. Um, another quote that I like that basically articulates that same message is, is to never compare your highlight reel, uh, never compare other people's highlight reel, basically what you see, to your background story, right? Mm-hmm. To the things that you you don't tell people, right? So it might be in terms of, let's say, in terms of how much money you make. Or no, here is a good example. Maybe you have a friend who has a really nice house, maybe they ha- they're in a really good relationship, they have a nice car, everything looks great, right? And you see this all the time with celebrities, but then down the line you find out really their home life is terrible, there's a lot of domestic issues, they argue a lot, there's a lot of conflict you know, in the family, in the house, but on the outside it looks amazing, right? And so sometimes we look at things on the outside, you're driving down the road and you're like, wow, like look at that, look at that, this nice thing, look at that person, look at all that. And all that might look good on the surface, right? All that glitters isn't gold. And then you're comparing that to your story. Well, I don't have that. And the reason why I don't have that is because I don't have money. And the reason why I don't have money is because I, you know, it's it's it's, it's the thief of joy. The thief of the joy. Thief of joy. And that's so, some of the
1: arguments lately about social media and its impact on people's lives. When you look at other people's profiles and their 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 posts and their statuses, and you only see a lot of times you only see the best of the best. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, that must be how <coughs> their lives are all the time, and that's not exactly true. And so you start to compare. You're like,
0: well, they're they're happy all the time. Why am I not? You know, <laughs> it's so funny. It, it, it is. You, you say that because it's you know it's it's hilarious because a lot of times um, you know I'll go out with you know, let's say a group of friends and we go out to like a bar or a lounge or something like that. And, you know, you're at this bar or lounge and it might be pretty average. And then, you know, maybe the girls are looking really nice. And like, hey, let's take take a selfie. And they take this awesome selfie, right? And then you see that on, you know, Instagram the next day and it's filtered and everyone looks good. And they have like their drinks there. And you're just like, wow, they're like Awesome. But when I was actually there, I was like, oh, it was such a boring night. Like, that was one picture. I remember them taking that. I matter of fact, I took it for them <laughs> because we were bored, you know? Exactly. And, so, and that's what social media does. And, and a lot of times people get wrapped up in the things that they see and the things, you know, the, the snapshots. And, and the key to all that do is is don't, don't worry about what other people are doing because when it comes down to interviews, you're not competing against. Okay, I guess you're competing against other candidates fine just because they're there. But at the same time, you're competing with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to understand yourself to be able to articulate what you're strong at, what you're good. That's why sports teams watch their game tapes, right? They don't watch. They watch other people's game tapes to understand them, but they watch their own over and over. They go to practice every single day to play one game, right? To go to one interview, practice, 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 preparation. Right. Mm-hmm. proper preparation prevents piss poor performance <laughs> how's that for alliteration <laughs>
1: that's awesome yeah. wow awesome yeah, So those are some good tips so far um, what else can you recommend
0: yeah I can definitely also recommend that um, if you understand your self value your worth your accomplishments that's gonna benefit you once you do land an interview because then you can start negotiating things like salary, compensation, stock options, equity, ETC. Because a lot of times when people, um, let's say, land an interview or are trying to put a price on, on, on themselves for a salary, um, they'll do market research. They'll say, all right, well, a financial analyst makes X amount of dollars a year, and, um, and this offer is giving me lower than that number, right? Um, and so you want to negotiate and say, well, how come I can't get that higher number? Actually, a lot of people don't negotiate. I think 20, less than 20% of job applicants uh, actually negotiate, yeah. right? And um, part of that is fear. And it's, it's also because it's, it's weird. There's conflict. There's tension. It's not something that you do every day, you know, negotiating. And then you're negotiating for yourself. You're not negotiating for a car where you can walk away from it. You actually want the job. And so um, if you can articulate your, your story and understand your self-worth and believe in yourself and, and know that you are worth a certain number or you want a certain number, it makes the negotiation process a lot easier because you go in there with confidence. You go in there with leverage. You might not have the experience to back it up, but your personality, your, your challenges, your conflicts, how you handle situations, how you handle life, what your perspective is, um, what you want to do, what's your forward thought like. All that kind of stuff plays into your value, right? It's not just about, well, the market says. Who cares what the market says? I'm giving you an, a number and, and you're going to take my number or you're going to walk, right? That's what an interviewer is going to say. But if you can articulate all those things, when it comes time to ask for that number, it doesn't come across as, oh, what do you mean? It's, okay, I understand why you're asking. They may not give it to you, but they understand why you're asking for that number. They'll consider it. And the tension isn't going to be as... You know, as as impactful, it won't really be that tense. You know, Mm -hmm. you can break the ice a little bit more because you have a reason why you're asking, not just because you saw something online.
1: Yeah, knowing your value and also also having that confidence going in, it's like I I understand my value and I am confident in what I can deliver. I can be a strong asset to your company, and I know I'm worth this much. Mm -hmm. And I want to, if anything, I want to extend the invitation to you, the Mm -hmm. company, to allow me to actually come in and make that kind of
0: impact for your organization. Absolutely, absolutely. Cuz if you come in there as a as a beggar, right. Well, now they all they have the upper hand, right? So you have to you have to put some they have an offer and they're holding it in their hand and they have money associated with you and you're coming there with nothing, mm-hmm. right? But if you understand your value, you're not coming there with nothing. If you can articulate that value, you can weigh that up against their number and then start to say, "Okay, you know what? Can we work together?" Right? A negotiation is a, is a collaboration it's not a, a fight back and forth it's can we work together to achieve a common result that we're both happy with right a compromise you go up in your number a little bit maybe I go down in my number a little bit we get somewhere in the middle and we're happy so when that person goes back and says hey they want more money and they say well why does that person want more money they can tell your story right they can regurgitate what you said they can advocate for you if you really connected with them and say you know what I think we can do it I think we should do it all right so so those are the things that I would probably say are the keys to, to landing a job interview. And, and we went into a little bit of, of um, when you do get that interview, but, but really it comes down to the number one thing is to leverage your network. You really have to get around this, this applicant tracking system. Um, I had an example with, with you know, my 100 applications. Um, I've, I've had many people say they've applied to jobs online. A lot of times they quit, but a lot of, a lot of it comes down to Who can advocate for you? Can you use your network to find opportunities for you? Can you articulate your story um, in that that instance? And and, and really just begin to branch out a little bit more aside from just going online and clicking. Because if you do that, that's fine. It may work, but the chances are you're gonna have to get past that machine. And that ATS machine, it it takes no prisoners, right? The the second thing about that is really to to understand your your self-value, your self-worth, and, and really to be prepared, right, when the opportunity presents itself. Again, um, you know, like sports teams, they practice all summer long to play eight games, you know, football, eight games in the winter. How many times do they go to practice before they go play those games? And even in those games, they screw up, but they have something to go back to and say, you know what, here's where we messed up. This is what we're trying to do. Let's try it again. Because you have a game plan, you've practiced it, muscle memory, over and over and over. Um, I talk to myself a lot. You know, like actually before interviews, or just, you know, if somebody were to ask me what's my weakness, I would probably talk out loud in the mirror and say, This is what I'm doing. And this is how just being able to say the words out loud can start building your self worth. So, opportunity plus preparation equals luck. You can find the opportunity, absolutely, leveraging your network in other ways, but you have to be prepared to articulate your message. And then we also talked about this transparency piece. And being able to articulate your 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 accomplishments, your conflicts, your weaknesses, and your strengths, and really being able to tell your story overall, um, and all of that is really to kind of encourage that transparency and vulnerability because you have to set yourself apart, and a piece of paper isn't going to do that, especially if you're out of school and um, you know for a few years, and and GPA doesn't matter anymore. No one cares about that after you've been in industry for a while. Um, And at the same time, maybe you're switching industries. If you're going from a medical industry to a finance industry, that was our example, your piece of paper is gonna have nothing finance on it. Even though you're very capable of doing that job, we all understand that, but you have to be able to be transparent. And I would encourage people, instead of focusing on their work accomplishments, which you need to have in your resume, but really focus on your personal accomplishments, right? Because that's where that's why people bring you in for interviews, for the behavioral part. Mm-hmm. If it was just based on a piece of paper, then who, who cares? Why well, sit in front of somebody anyway, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, and lastly, we were talking about as far as not being afraid to negotiate, knowing your value, mm-hmm. being confident, and knowing what you can provide to that organization. And in a way, uh, not coming from that, what they call a seller's frame, coming from a buyer's frame where you're not trying to sell yourself desperately to this company, like, take me, take me, take me, this is all the reasons why. Definitely you want to tell them why. But in a way, you can kind of flip the script, become the buyer. It's like, well, you know, I know what I can offer you. I know the value I can provide, but what can you do for me?
0: Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, what can you offer to me to make sure that I am uh, going with the right company? Because I have a lot to bring to your organization. I can be a really big asset uh, to your organization.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just give an example before we close out here is I I, I work with with people all the time who are interested in getting jobs and transition careers and stuff. And the one thing that I see a lot of is that, um, you know, people will send me job descriptions and say, hey, here's my resume. Here's a job I'm looking for. And we'll talk about why they are or why they aren't qualified or things to think about. Um, But I also get people who will send me, you know, maybe one, two, three, four, five different jobs and their resume and say which one of these do you think you know and a lot of times when I look at the job descriptions they're not even related it's a whole bunch of different jobs and for me that tells me one thing it's kind of like well you don't know what you want right you don't know what you want you want a job I'll take, you know take anything that's not and a, th- good, uh, it's not a that's good not a good mindset to have not a good mindset to have you're coming completely from a beggar slash um, you know uh, you a non-confident sort of perspective and, and, you, and you're confused. That's you're confused. seller's frame. You're just trying to sell to anyone. Yeah, you're, really. you're, Anyone, please, anybody. anyone will take me. Please. Right, right, you're just confused. And so um, with people who, who come to me with those kinds of you know situations, uh, and, and it's, it's not wrong or anything like that. They just may not know or they need a little bit of coaching, which is what I do. Um, it's really to take some time to, to evaluate yourself, reflect and understand what it is that you really want before you start applying for these jobs.
1: Man, really insightful episode. If I ever go back into the uh, the job world, I'll use some of these tips for sure. So in the next episode, we're gonna be talking about how to flip your list if it's not converting, and the secret to making fast cash. I'm Nathan Garrett, your digital dynamo. You can find me at nathangarrett.net.
0: And I'm Lante Tacona, your collaboration connoisseur. Connect with me on LinkedIn at L-A-N-T-E-I.
1: All right, thanks guys, until next time.